with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper! The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across it. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode 63 of Give and Go. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so, so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Again, for all the latest and greatest news, analysis, lifestyle, Whatever it is for you to get your women's soccer fix, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com as well as check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We have a YouTube channel as well, so go check us out there. Now, we've got a big episode coming for you. It's the World Cup. It's the one of the best times of the year, one of the best times every four years, games every day. Of course, the time difference has been a little difficult on all of us here in the States, but that's just a taste of what the people from the land down under have to deal with from Australia and New Zealand and that side of the world. So we get a little taste of, of, of what it is like to go through that. But of course, we have to get into a review of the World Cup, what's happened so far, what is to come. And we also have a very special interview with Sierra NG of the San Diego Wave, a first-round draft choice from last year's draft. And the NWSL is actually still ongoing while the World Cup is going on, so we will definitely get to some Challenge Cup talk as well. Let's get into it. The U.S. women's national team win in a draw in their first two games. I think people were a little surprised, all of us were a little surprised by the result against Vietnam because I, I think, again, going back to four years ago, what they did to Thailand, people thought more of the same was going to happen. But Vietnam has, has stood tall and they, they defended like champions for as long as they could. It took two goals in the first half, but that second goal was really late into stoppage time. There were a lot of injuries. It really seemed like... Vietnam's game plan was to just foul as often as possible, break up the flow of the game. That's what a lot of teams who don't have the technical ability will also do going forward, i.e. Portugal coming up in their third match. But they still won the game 3-0. Again, it could have been a lot more. I think we're all a little shocked about that. But ultimately, the big game, the biggest game in the group, just happened against the Netherlands, and wow, what a game it was. It was tense. I don't know about you guys, but the entire second half, I was practically standing up, pacing, walking around, wondering, is the United States going to be able to get this goal back? Because in the first 45 minutes, it was a Dutch masterclass tactically. Everyone knows that the United States wants to press and force mistakes and use their speed and their athleticism and fitness levels to their advantage. Uh, the Dutch coaching staff said that the rest of the world is catching up in that regard to fitness, and we saw a little bit of that, at least in the first half. 
the Dutch's technical ability to keep the ball was really the big story, and it all started on the right side of the pitch with uh, Sharita Spitza, who is, again, a world-class player, right back, who, who they constantly used as a security valve to constantly, you know, diffuse that pressure that the United States was presenting. And so their ability to pass through the United States' press was truly fantastic for those first 45 minutes. Now, the United States did start pretty well and maybe created one or two chances, but once the Dutch started to come into their own, they started to take over. Uh, They had most of the possession for all that first half, and then when they saw their opportunity, they took it. It was their only shot on goal, but it exposed a weakness that we've talked about leading up to this World Cup. The first first things first, you have Andy Sullivan in number six. Now, I know when we thought Julie Ertz was going to come into this team that she would reclaim her spot as the number six, but there's still a certain level of fitness that is required in order to play that position, and naturally she still may not be at that level yet, and she's made a great transition to center back. It's, it was a great idea to move her to that spot, and there's no reason why she's not going to be great uh, in that spot for this team without Becky Sauerbrunn there. Her and Emily Germa are rock solid. The thing is, as we talked about on that right side of the field, that was Crystal Dunn's side of the field. So that was clearly the Dutch's strategy that we're going to go after Crystal Dunn, who again has done an amazing job converting to that left-back role, but she's never been a true defender. From There's still so many things that you have to learn about the position, and so naturally she came too far inside. Andy Sullivan was late getting over to Talika Martins, and that really set off a, a huge counterattack that they were able to you know, finish off really, really well. Jill roared with a great finish. I felt like Alyssa Nair might have cheated a little too far to her left on that goal, giving Roard plenty of room to, to tuck that into the far corner. I felt like she could have been one or two steps to her right, but her visibility might have been impaired. That's okay. Still, for 45 minutes, it looked like the Dutch were the better team, honestly, through the first 45, and everything that um, the United States was creating was slightly out of sync, just... Good build-up play, but just not quite that cutting edge in the final third. Trinity Rodman and Sophia Smith both had good games, I felt. I thought they played well. They created chances. I just felt like in certain situations, they were almost a little too excited, a little too eager to try and make that play to make it back, rather than settling down just a little bit and, and maintaining their composure. But it was a great game plan from the Dutch to know that we're going to, if we keep possession, we're going to be able to tire out this United States team. And that's the kind of strategy that other teams like Spain and Germany are going to use. Spain, we know for sure, it's a, it's an even worse matchup if for the United States because of their pressing style. Spain, If Spain can keep the ball all game long and the United States press has no effect on them, then it's advantage Spain all day. So Germany also looked great in their first game against Morocco. That's obviously a dangerous team. England is still in the mix, but they only managed to beat Haiti 1-0. Still, got to get to the second half of this game as well. The United States came out with a much greater sense of urgency, without a doubt. I thought the sub of Rose Lavelle coming on for Savannah DeMello was the right one. 
the only question is, we know Rose had some injury concerns coming in, but if she was able to come on in the second half immediately, why didn't she start the game is my only question. The second she came on, the United States attack was truly like on fire. They kicked it up another notch. When Rose is in that midfield running in behind defenders, she immediately gives those defenders something else to think about, whether she's dribbling, whether she's passing, her positioning, her movement, right? She's so hard to guard. And Savannah DeMello's been great. It's been awesome watching her go from racing Louisville to starting for the United States in a World Cup match in such a short period of time. But Rose Lavelle should have been in that spot. And we definitely saw the impact that she started to make in the second half of that game. Still, about 30 minutes go by. You're wondering, are we going to be able to get this goal to at least tie the game? A 13-game winning streak was on the line. That streak ended, but it continued a 19-game unbeaten run, which is simply incredible. No one's ever going to break that record ever again now. That's not happening. But... Still, the United States were resilient and took Netherlands, took Holland's best shot, honestly. They truly took everything they had to offer and then bounced back with a response, especially in those last 30 minutes. What I thought was the most interesting thing was the foul that Danielle van der Donk committed on Lindsay Horan. It was a hard challenge. Haran was upset, like very pressed, very upset about it. And at first I thought, this is playing right into the Dutch's hands. Like time is being wasted and this is what the Dutch want. They want the flow of the game to slow down. They were controlling tempo really well. Any way that they can time waste and get this thing to the end at a a 1-0 game is all that they were trying to do. So for... Haran to be upset when she almost never loses her composure like that. I was like, oh no, this is not a good sign. And then lo and behold, it had the complete opposite effect. And it just motivated her. And that sometimes anger can be a great motivator too. And that's exactly what happened. She attacked that header with fervor and a sense of urgency. And no one was going to stop that. For Sharita Spitza, we just mentioned her earlier, while she is a great tactician and a great passer, the athleticism and ability to cover on a corner like that simply was not there. And that was a weakness that the United States was able to expose. Lindsay Horan was never going to lose that header, ever. And it was almost too easy, to be honest with you. That's how dangerous the United States are from set pieces. So 1-1, going into those last 20 to 30 minutes, And again, it really seemed like the United States were going to get that winner. The press really started to take its toll on on the Dutch as tired legs lead to misplaced passes and misplaced passes ultimately lead to mistakes, which, again, the United States capitalized on. Trinity Rodman was just a split second behind on getting that ball to Alex Morgan as she was just offside, so close. But that would have been an incredible moment for them to have come from behind 2-1. And then there were still a couple great moments at the end. Trinity Rodman found herself in behind and just pulled her left-footed shot wide of the goal. Sophia Smith had a couple chances. It just felt like on a different day where they were a little more in the flow and rhythm of the game, we would have gotten the winner. But still... I think a draw was a fair result, even though the United States could have won the game at the end. It makes 
for a incredible last game against Portugal now because right it, it's essentially a, a winner go home situation now the United States played Portugal in a recent friendly and it was similar to the games that they played against Ireland earlier this year I believe it was only a 1-0 or 2-0 victory when Portugal again only has a few a few stars but no one really of note they all mostly play in in the Portuguese league so it's a game that everyone thinks that the United States should win of course right it is going to be a little a little scary i just found it interesting that they made sure that these first two games were going to be in prime time nine o'clock eastern six o'clock pacific but they'd almost assumed that the united states was going to be into the next round by that point because that third game against portugal at least for now it could still change because they want to keep the american audiences happy but it it was at 3 a.m eastern 12 o'clock midnight pacific so that's going to be a tough watch for everyone staying up just to make sure that the United States uh, qualifies for the next round. But I don't think there will be too much of a panic. I think, again, everyone expects the United States to advance. And, again, their defense has actually been pretty solid. I'm, I'm amazed at what Naomi Gurma can do, honestly. like she is the She's the heir apparent for Becky Sauerbrunn. We have our center back for... The future who's going to play every single game and not miss a beat i mean she's truly incredible watching her movement her play when we get here to davidson back uh that's going to be a, a great pairing for a long long time so we're set up really well in in those two positions i think naomi gurma's ability to just diffuse any situation no matter what position she's in she does not clear the ball unless she absolutely has to. And most players, most defenders, you saw a lot of the Netherlands defenders, just clear the ball, not take any chances. But she has the technique and the skill and the ability to maintain her composure, control the ball, and find a teammate, and keep possession of the ball, which is so critical. And Alyssa Nair, again, didn't have to face too much. It was just the goal. And then Dominique Janssen's uh, volley went just over the bar, and that was pretty much it for the game for her. So it's not like teams, it's not like even a team like the Netherlands created a ton of clear cut chances against the United States. The defense was solid. It was just one mistake in one area. But other teams that are better, like like Spain, as we mentioned, like Germany, like England, they can expose those throughout the game. So the United States has to be wary of that and i'm sure that they will make the proper adjustments and and watch that going forward but all in all super excited for this team it was a draw naturally the win was what we wanted but they're in a great position coming into this last game against portugal the dutch are more than likely going to qualify now that they're going to beat vietnam in that last game so i think it's a must-win game, of course. Portugal is still in the mix to advance as well because they beat Vietnam 2-0. So it is not entirely out of the question for, for an upset. But we're going to continue to believe wholeheartedly that this United States team is going to get the job done in that third game and advance to the round of 16. So we will definitely get back to more World Cup talk, all of the history that's been made, everything that's been going on from the World Cup, but we also wanted to bring you the Sierra NG interview that we'd mentioned earlier. We got the chance to talk about 
her career, what her rookie season has been like, along with Naomi Gurma's letter to Katie Meyer in the Players' Tribune, and what Katie Saves is going to do for people going forward, along with a, a nice chat about mental health. So enjoy, guys. So we are with Sierra NG of the San Diego Wave, a first-round draft pick from this past year. Sierra, how are you doing, and uh, how is the team feeling after a tough result in your team's last match? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm good. Uh, I think, you know, we're obviously really disappointed with um, not just the loss, but also how we performed. And, you know, we know that we have a higher standard, and um, that didn't live up to our standard. So definitely not um, a great result for us, but we're, we, there's always learning opportunities. So we're back at home um, for a few days before we head to Seattle. And we're really just trying to, um, you know, come back to what our identity as a team is and just really refocus going into these next games. Okay. And how do you feel you and the team have been adjusting to things with so many stars being gone for the world cup right now it's naturally the depth of your team is going to be tested so how do you how, how are you guys adjusting to that yeah i think i mean it's a pretty cool opportunity honestly for players that maybe didn't get a lot of minutes when we had those players here um to really step up and um take advantage of the opportunity so i think we have such an incredible team with so much depth and so many talented players that you know obviously we're missing um some incredible players, but I feel like we have plenty of girls that can step in and um, work hard and compete for the team. And so I think that the most important thing is that, you know, we're a unit and we're um, working together as a team. We're cheering on our teammates that are playing and representing their countries right now. And then we're really sticking together and working as best as we can um, as, you know, the wave group that's still here. And how would you say your rookie season has gone so far? Yeah, I think it's gone pretty well. You know, I think my rookie season, I've really just set out to learn as much as I can. And I feel like I've grown a lot um, as a player already. So I'm pretty proud of that. I think, you know, there's always room for growth. And um, I just feel lucky that I get to be a part of such a great organization where I feel like I get to learn from the staff every day and I get to learn from the players that I play with every day. Um, So, so far, I think I've been pretty happy with it, but I definitely want to keep pushing and um, just keep getting better and growing in this league. And what kind of goals would you say you'd like to set? Are you more of a in the moment work every day type of person? Or do you are you also thinking long term in terms of what do you want to achieve overall in your career? Yeah, I think right now I'm really kind of just trying to be patient and focus on more of the day to day and less the long term goals. I think, um, you know, your rookie year, there's just so much change. And so it's hard to kind of look too far to the future. So for right now, I'm really just trying to focus on here and now getting better every single day. And honestly, just learning as much as I can from the players around me, because I think we just have such a special group here. um, And it's not something that I take for granted. So just trying to learn as much as I can. Who would you say you've learned the most from? Um. I think someone that's been really helpful on the team, um, just like getting used to playing, um, to playing in the midfield and quicker speed of play um, is Danny Filiprico. I think she just has so much experience um, and has played in, you know, different systems. And I think she's someone that's just so technical um, on the ball. So I think she's been really, really helpful to learn from. Um, And then I think like just both of our center backs, I think learning from, Naomi and Kaylee Real just has been really helpful, just kind of learning as I'm shifting positions, trying to figure out how to um, 
how to adjust within the game. And I think just watching them in practice is really helpful. You talked about speed of play. Would you say that's been the toughest transition for you going from college to pro? Yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, you're in college and you're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm kind of at the top of where most people compete at and you feel like the speed of play is quick and then you get into the NFL and you're like, oh my goodness, this is a whole different level. So I think that and the physicality has just been the two biggest things that are just so much different. You know, everyone here was the top 1% at their college program. And so I think it's just a little bit faster um, and more physical. So it definitely takes some time to adapt. And that's why I think it's so cool that I get to learn from so many players um, here within the wave. And what are some things you've done differently since, you know, from college to pro to help improve your, your skill set and, and get better? Yeah, I think film has just been really helpful. I think we have such a great technical um, team here that helps clip a lot of that. So I think watching film has been really helpful and something that I didn't do as much of in college, and um, both just of myself and then also of future opponents, just to have a better idea of, you know, how they're going to play and how I can um, work well against what they're going to do. So I think that's been super helpful. Um, and then, you know, something that I did in college that I feel like has helped me here too, is just trying to get extra reps or, you know, after training, if I feel like something wasn't sharp enough, trying to get a few extra of those just so that I feel good. Um, and that I feel like my individual skill is continuing to develop throughout the season. Okay. Uh, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about, you know, something that one of your teammates and also college teammates, Naomi Gurma, talked about uh, in the Players' Tribune with what she wrote, something beautiful about Katie Meyer and, and mm -hmm. Katie Save. What are your thoughts about, you know, the, the whole situation and your thoughts on just mental health and what Katie Save is going to do moving forward? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I thought the article was beautifully written. Um, when they sent it to me, I was just like, you captured that so well. And, um, you know, it made me happy and sad at the same time, which I think is really incredible. So, um, I yeah, I just felt like it was pretty special that she was able to write that. I think that what they're doing is incredible. They're using their platform to um, push for something that they care about. And so... That's something that I really admire about both Naomi and Soph. Um, I think Katie Save is a, an incredible initiative. I think, you know, there's everyone struggles um, and everyone struggles at some point in their life. And too often we shy away from talking about the hard things. Um, and I think that, you know, Katie Save is trying to bring about more conversations with adults and not just you know when you're in college you think that you can do everything on your own and you think that you're an adult but you still have so much room to grow and so I think their initiative is is impactful and hopefully it um you know colleges can continue to adopt it um and then I think just what Naomi and is doing with common goal is so special in terms of like people need to talk about it more people need to be educated about it it can't be sadly to talk about how you're doing you need to open up and you need to talk about um, those things that are bugging you so I just think that what they're doing is really impactful and I'm just super proud of, of Naomi and the way that she's using her platform for good and where would you say your mental fortitude comes from in order to make sure that you guys also stay strong uh, throughout the entire season yeah I think like I rely on my friends and my teammates a lot um, I think you can't internalize everything and you have to vent and talk to other people. So that's something that I do. Um, I also, we have a, a psychologist within WAVE um, who's been really, really helpful. 
Um, and so I think that's really great to talk more on the performance side. And then also from a personal side, I meet with the therapist pretty regularly just to, um, you know, there's, there's always things that are going on in your life that you can unpack. And so I'm a big proponent of that. I did that all throughout college. And I think that's something that's helped me just in my overall well-being um, and something that I'm going to continue doing. What would you say to those people who uh, don't believe in therapy or don't feel like it's, it's not important? I mean, I would say, honestly, like people have their own ways of dealing with things. And even if you feel like your way of dealing with things isn't talking it out, um, I would say just to try it because you never know. Um, I would say give it a chance. I think it doesn't necessarily have to be um, the super rigid form of therapy that people expect. But even if there's someone that you feel like you can confide in just talking to them and being super vulnerable and honest, I think so often we bottle up emotions and feel like we can just deal with things on our own and I think it's important to remember that it's not a sign of weakness to talk to other people about things and like I said it doesn't have to be you know you sitting on a couch and talking to a therapist it can kind of happen in you know more natural uh, forms so I think just try it that would be my advice and if you really give it a good chance and you don't like it then try to find some other ways whether it be through journaling or um some alone time but I think it's just really important to not internalize everything that's going on and have you know a crew that, that a support crew that's with you that you can lean on in in times of trouble and in times of difficulty that's awesome yeah i think um you've also been doing some work with volo sports it's on your, mm -hmm. your profile. tell us more about that and, and what that's been like yeah i think um you know volo i've kind of been working with the san diego group which has been awesome i think they do a really good job. I, you know, I grew up playing so many different sports and I recognize that it's not necessarily um, always affordable. And so their whole motto of the, you know, adults pay for their league so that kids can play free is really important. Um, I just think that, you know, you learn so much from playing sports, you learn healthy habits, you learn how to work together with others. You um, just learn great ways to work as a team. And so that's something that was really important for me and why I wanted to get involved with Volo because their programs are, are pretty awesome and then not to mention I haven't actually participated but I've heard some of their adult sports leagues are are pretty awesome too so I think it just is a great way to build community and that's something that I love about San Diego is we have such a great sports community here. What would you say your advice is to all the girls out there who are looking to make it to the next take their game to the next level whether that's youth level college or even getting to the pros? Yeah I mean I think the first thing that we so often lose is is just to enjoy it I think that you can kind of get um so worried about what's next and making sure you're doing the right things and that you're getting seen by the right people and you just lose the fun of the game like that's why we all started um and so I think sometimes you just have to go back and remember that you know you're it's a simple game and you're just out there trying to have fun so I would say that's the first thing and then I think the second thing is that um you know you just have to figure out what are you know, everyone has weaknesses in their games, um, in their game and everyone has strengths. And I think something that's been so important for me is how can I work on my strengths while also developing my weaknesses and figuring what those are, figuring out what those are in my game and then really trying to pinpoint those. So, I mean, for example, growing up, I was like, I want my left foot to be really, really good. So getting extra reps on that, working on switching the play with both feet. So I think really, first of all, just have fun and then um, you know, figure out the things that you need to work on and really hone in on those so that you can keep improving at every level that you're playing at. 
Again, that was Sierra NG of the San Diego Wave, and she's a, a local product, played club soccer with the LA Galaxy San Diego and SoCal Blues, was a standout player in San Diego in the ECNL for two years in 2016 and in 2017. So it's got to be a awesome experience for her to be playing with her hometown team. And we're excited to see where her career goes because playing at Stanford, playing with such a special group of players, like that's an incredible group to be around. And she was one of the star players at Stanford. So when you're on a star-studded roster like that, and you've been around some of the best, it should only help you going into the league. And she talked about the transition and, and speed of play, and you think that it's fast at college. Well, it's even faster at the pros, and everyone's the top 1% in college. But now, when you get to the pros, it's a whole other ballgame. Everyone was a star at their program when you get to the pros. So it's an interesting adjustment for that college players have to make in their first season. But Sierra NG is one of those players who we feel will make that transition. All right, let's get back into the World Cup. What's been a big surprise is we thought this was going to be a star-studded event where all the best players were going to come in and show out, but that actually hasn't been the case, sadly. Ada Hegerberg had to pull out from that second match Sam Kerr hasn't been available because she's also been out with that surprising calf injury that she picked up in training. If you would have told me that it'd be New Zealand that has a better chance to advance now than Australia as co-hosts, I would have told you you were insane. Now, the Matildas still got a big win against Ireland, a 1-0 win with a penalty. But I don't think anyone saw their loss to Nigeria coming at all. Now, we did say in many previews that this should have been the real group of death. It was not dubbed that, but that was what we said. And this is proving out to be all that and more because you're seeing it right now. Nigeria pulling off a huge upset over the hosts, Australia, 3-2, to two, and it puts them in the driver's seat. Australia with just one win, they have to win that last game against Canada. It's a must win now. And Canada hasn't looked all that impressive either, right? A nil-nil game and then a come-from-behind 2-1 win over Ireland where they were in trouble. They looked like they weren't going to create much of anything. So Nigeria and Canada are atop the group right now with four points each, even goal difference. And Australia has to win against Canada. A draw does them no good because it would keep Canada on goal difference ahead of Australia. And Nigeria has a great chance now to advance with the, with the win over Ireland. Now, Ireland's played everyone really tough. They are sadly out of the competition on zero points. There's no way they can make up the ground in that last game. But it's not over for, for Australia and for Nigeria. Nigeria has a tremendous chance to advance in this group, which would be incredibly exciting incredibly exciting with how well that they have played they deserve the opportunity to get to the round of 16 but the co-hosts have to do better the matildas have to do better and canada is not the team that they wanted to see as their last game of oh we have to win this game in order to advance and that would also send canada home most likely 
Canada can't really afford to lose this game either. <laughs> because you'd have to, like, if Canada loses, then you're hoping that Ireland beats Nigeria by multiple goals because you have to play the goal difference math. So it, this group is entirely up for grabs in terms of who are the two teams that are going to come out of it. And it is going to be one incredible match day at the end. So be sure to tune into that one because it's it's going to be a great one. Because the field has expanded from 24 to 32 teams, now we're starting to see even more history being made across the board. Jamaica was fantastic against France in that first game. France really only, until the second half, looked like they were threatening to score because that entire first half, they shut them down. They got their first point in World Cup history. Now the downside is Khadija Bunny Shaw is out and... That puts them in a bind because she's their best player, their creator, their goal scorer. How are they going to be able to overcome the rest of the group stage without her? It might just be, I believe it's just a one-game suspension, so they should have her back for the last game. But still, it's going to be tough. It's a winnable game against Panama coming up. They're familiar foes from CONCACAF. Jamaica also having a chance to advance out of this group is something that no one, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, no one would have would have seen coming. So it's Brazil against France, arguably the, the match of the, of the round, of round two out of the group stage games. Brazil-France is such a big game. That is definitely going to be one to tune into. But Jamaica-Panama, if Jamaica can get three points off Panama because of the point they got against France, they would be in the driver's seat if France can beat Brazil because now they're on four points. Brazil is on three. France is on four. If the results go the way that they go, that we think they may go. Brazil's also looked incredible. And we will have more content coming on how great Brazil has been and why they still should be considered as one of the favorites to win it all. Because they've looked so good in that first game as, as a team, honestly. Joga Bonito is back in a big way. And they don't even need Marta to do it. Marta came in late as a sub, and I don't think we're going to see her be playing full 90-minute games for Brazil unless she absolutely has to. So the next generation of Brazilian stars are here, and man, are they fun to watch. Most of the other groups seem a little more clear-cut, but the group that is still entirely up for grabs is Group A. Again, did anyone see New Zealand's historic victory over Norway? Oh my god, the emotion, Ali Riley crying, the way that the pride that they felt in that moment must have been on another level. Like You don't get to experience things like that at the club level. You simply don't. For New Zealand to be able to get that win in front of their home fans, hosting a World Cup, and to get their first ever win at a World Cup. Because they've made it to the last couple, but have been unable to, to really do enough offensively and they finally got it through Hannah Wilkinson and held on for a huge win and no one saw that coming against Norway. Norway was supposed to win the group and now it's it's a dire situation uh, for the Norwegians because they are currently sitting in dead last in the group after drawing with Switzerland. So again that group is completely upside down 
And then in the second game, even even crazier was New Zealand had a winnable game to get to the next round. All you have to do is beat the Philippines, who don't have a ton of World Cup history, but then they turn around and make their own history. Serena Bolden, her only shot on target in that game, and it's a header past the keeper. They basically put they did what New Zealand did to Norway, the Philippines did to New Zealand. And for them to get their first ever World Cup win, man, that again, truly special. This is what the World Cup is all about. All you want to do is just see your country get a win at the World Cup in a sport that they haven't been good at for a long time. And you could see, again, the same similar emotions after the match from the players of just what it means to them to be a part of something like this. So a truly incredible moment to witness. And we're only going to see more moments like this as the World Cup continues to unfold. The pay disparity between the men and women is always going to be an issue, but FIFA went ahead and made a promise that they should not have made. They said that the plan was, they they promised that women at the World Cup would get paid 30k for their services, but now they have reneged on that promise to pay the players due to pushback from the federations. Gianni Infantino, this was so irresponsible of you, honestly. The fact that you kind of thought that you could come in uh, just because FIFA is the overall governing body, that you could come in and say, yeah, we'll give the players the money. And then they obviously got more than enough pushback from all the other football associations and federations saying, how could you promise something like that when we there are players and it's it's messed up that it is like that but think about this canada is in a pay dispute right now nigeria is in a pay dispute right now at the world cup and so for fifa to be promising money when those pay disputes are ongoing was really irresponsible kind of like promising promising a kid something full well knowing it's a promise that you are not going to be able to deliver to them. So that it truly is not a great situation to be making promises like that and having to pull back on it. Now, they're still trying to work it out. It's still possible, but they said there are no more guarantees anymore. So that makes it a very challenging and frustrating situation where naturally it's just going to be another obstacle for these women to overcome and something that they're almost used to at this point, which again makes it more tough because it's not something they should have to go through with what they've been able to do on the world's biggest stage everyone's watching this thing and enjoying in spite of the time difference so it's one of those things that it's a tough situation and we still have a way to go with this this pay disparity because this is a setback the fact that they're not going to get the money that they so rightfully deserve All right, before we wrap things up, let's get into the Challenge Cup. It's been a fun Challenge Cup, that is for sure, especially with the World Cup ongoing and some of the star players away. It gives everyone else an opportunity to shine. The most surprising thing is seeing Racing Louisville 4-0 right now in the Challenge Cup. Now, they got to be even more excited about Ari Borges and her hat-trick and assist in that first game. So you add her to the mix with... A team that's clicking on all cylinders. Paige Monahan has been an incredible pickup for them. The KC Kern are not too far behind at 3-1. Nine points. 
but those two are going to be fighting neck and neck. Louisville just seems to be playing really, really well as a team right now. They're so much fun to watch. Highly recommend tuning in to watch them. Even Uchenakanu, who just scored for Nigeria, is another racing Louisville player. So they've got an international flair to them. Not as many Americans, but you have Jalen Howell, Savannah DeMello. Like, they're building something there in, in, in Louisville, and... It's it's being done from the ground up, and it's really cool to see watching them build this team slowly but surely and seeing how good they're going to be down the line. When you go to the West, it is pretty clear-cut. The OL Reign and Portland Thorns are going to be duking it out, but the Reign have a four-point lead over the Thorns. The Thorns' depth is strong, but it's not as strong as the OL Reign's. Three wins and a draw, ten points, they're pretty firmly ahead right now with only a few more games in the Challenge Cup to go. I believe there's only two more games remaining. So it's going to take a miracle for Portland to to jump over the rain and, and take that spot. However, out east, it is a crapshoot between the Courage and Gotham FC. Both teams have managed to maintain their status in both the league and in the Challenge Cup. They've been able to solidify in both areas. The, the Courage are holding on to a one-point lead at the top. Brianna Pinto scored one of the better goals you're going to see in the in the Challenge Cup in, in the year with, with that volley that she scored. So... You know, go go watch that if you have not already. And then McCall Zerboni as well, turning back the clock a little bit and scoring an incredible long-range effort uh, to give Gotham the win over Orlando. So the spirit and pride and a little bit of trouble in the Challenge Cup. They haven't quite been able to get it going, but the courage in Gotham are going to duke it out for that top spot in the East. Well, that is all that we have for you on episode 63 of Give and Go, and I'm your host, Rotas Wadareth. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. You guys are the ones that keep this podcast going. Any type of feedback, improvements that we can make, any type of content that you want to hear, get in touch with us on social media at Girl Soccer Network on Instagram, www.girlsoccernetwork.com, or on Twitter at Girl Soccer Net, or check me out on Instagram at Rowan Datas 25, R-O-W-I-N-D-A-T-S 25, or just search my name, Rotas Wadera, you'll see me come up. Any questions, anything that you have about women's soccer or about this podcast and what you want to be put on it, please let us know. We are always looking to improve. Thank you guys again for the time. Episode 63 is done. Let's get it. United States, the quest for five stars is still ongoing. Peace out, guys. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup.